Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and before I introduce a very special uh, man himself, I've got to give a shout out to all the mothers out there. Of course, it is Happy Mother uh, Mother's Day as we were recording this here. So Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And now, with that being said, the man himself, Brandon Siegel. How you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a it's a fine Mother's Day. I'm not with my mom, so I do want to say Happy Mother's Day to my mom. All the moms out there. All three of our moms are are, are wonderful. Um, but a big happy Mother's Day to my own mother because um, I'm not with her today. But we will celebrate soon. And, you know, it, this is a day I think we should all kind of think about really how much our moms do for us. Because I, I know all three of our moms do a lot for us. Uh, ben, your your mom is absolutely lovely. And, of course, welcome to the podcast. But, uh, you know, big shout out to Claire as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, happy Mother's Day, of course, always to all mothers. Um, they do They do so much in our lives, not just us specifically, but all moms out there. We know how much they do to us and how much... Um, we we rely on them in our, in our world, so of course, happy Mother's Day to everybody. The weather here in Ohio is not the best, but I think we can still make the most of it. Yeah, I'm not in Ohio today. You know, we're on the road, as you guys can probably tell. The quality is not a hundred percent, you know, the mic quality, but I'll try, I'll try my best to edit it down. But you know, we're gonna get right into the episode today because we we got a lot of fun things to talk about. I uh, know uh, we're bringing trivia back today with a, a nice new little twist. Uh, so it'll be really, really fun. But to start out today, Amani Bates has decommitted from the worst school in Michigan, Michigan State. That is not a biased uh, headline. I, I, I'm reading this. Just this is a fact. So you know, he decommitted from the worst school in the state, Michigan State Spartans, or I guess it's the Rocket Mortgage, Michigan State Spartans or whatever. Um, but this is huge news. Imani Bates is one of the best prospects we have ever seen. Uh, come out of high school. He's still he's still young. He's 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 not in this upcoming class, right, Trevor? Yeah, he's class of he's 20, next class. 2022. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think the rule is going to be changed from going straight to the NBA, but a lot of people think he's going to go pro. We won't be seeing him in college basketball. So Trevor, um, you're definitely an expert in this area. What do you think about this? Yeah, so it's very interesting. Obviously, like you said, he decommitted from Michigan State. Now, when he originally committed to Michigan State, he had told ESPN previously that he wasn't planning to get to go to the G League route. But now, I mean, seeing how, you know, we've seen some success with some of these players this past year, like Jalen Green, uh, you know, and some of these other guys, Kaminga, some of these players on this G League Ignite team that they kind of created specifically for, you know, these high school players that, you know, opted for this route instead of the college route, and they're getting paid, obviously, um, you know, salaries. Maybe now for Monty Bates, it looks a little more uh, appealing to him, you know, so maybe he's changed his mind. Or obviously with LaMelo as well going overseas, you know, RJ Hampton, maybe the overseas route is, is what's most appealing. Either way, it seems like, um, you know, with, you know, talking with family people he's close to, that it's become clear that, you know, with the way the college game is, obviously, and, you know, still not having this option where they can get they can get paid, it seems like he's going to go one of those routes to me. I, I definitely do not see him, uh, you know, committing to a different college. I think he will go pro. It's just a question of will he go the G League route or will he go the overseas route? And I don't really know the answer to that. It's going to be kind of interesting to see uh, the information that comes out from, you know, mm-hmm. people that are close to Imani and different reporters to kind of see – um, what they're saying, because I'm not really sure uh, which one, but it's going to be interesting. Obviously, as well, I have to mention that recently we've seen um, a lot of people coming out and noticing how Imani Bates hasn't really been, um, hasn't really had the progress that we kind of expected, you know, coming in to his junior year. Hasn't been exactly the, the increase in, like, production and just 
uh, greatness. We've seen him struggle at some times. There have definitely been some games I've just kind of, not that I'm watching closely, but I've just kind of seen here and there where there's like certain teams that are playing really well, you know, keeping him at least, um, I guess not stopping him outright, but definitely slowing him down. And it's not exactly the same kind of progress that maybe we've seen from guys like LeBron or, or Kevin Durant or Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Davis, some of these other top prospects. So it's going to be interesting. Um, for me, it's super early still. He's a junior. He's about to be a senior. Obviously, another player that now we've seen, despite his injury, who's had a lot of success, LaMelo Ball, who when we saw him in high school, to me, I was like, LaMelo has a lot of work to do. And he did that work, you know, and in two years span, he was the favorite. He, he came from high school looking still really good, but still to me, I was like, there's a lot of work to be due. He, he went over to Australia, and then now he was the favorite for Rookie of the Year before he got hurt. So that can still absolutely happen with Imani Bates. It's just, you know, there, there's a lot of time. It's very early. I mean, even when you look back at when we saw LaMelo, he wasn't even ranked inside the top 20 mm-hmm. of prospects. Yeah. Um, and I mean, those guys get drafted some outside of the top twenty, but it's it's a little bit harder, you know. You got the seniors that are good. You got other guys that stayed overseas guys, and he really turned it on. I mean, we, he ended up being what the second, third pick. Yeah, he was the third. Yeah, third pick. Yep. So I, uh, you're one hundred percent right. He really did turn it on, and I, I I'm guessing we're going to see a similar type of improvement from Amani Bates mm-hmm. uh, coming up here. Ben, final thoughts on Amani Bates uh, before we really head into a segment that you're going to take the head of, Ben. Yeah, so just real quick on Imani Bates. Obviously, I don't know a whole lot about him. I don't follow recruiting nearly as much as you two do. But I, I'm gonna, I want to give the young man some advice here. Um, this is my advice to Imani Bates, since I'm sure he's probably listening to this podcast. If you're <laughs> yep, going to decommit yep. from the greatest program in the state of Michigan, by far, not, not even close, and you're going to decommit it's, from it's by true. far the greatest college basketball coach in the state of Michigan, um, really, if, he ranks if, like fourth if or you're going to stay in college – it's just going to be a step down. I don't care if he wants to go to Duke, North Carolina. That's not nearly the caliber program as Michigan State is with Tom Izzo. So I would advise him to, just to go pro. If you're going to decommit from Michigan State, such a high caliber and such a well-respected um, program in, in college basketball, and especially on this These podcast, I would These say go lies. pro. Just go pro. Um, don't even bother about trying to go somewhere else in college. Just go pro. It, it seems like, it seems like again, that's kind of, that maybe is the route he's heading. Who knows? Uh, but just go go play for some money and go pro and then and then make your presence in the NBA in, in a year or two from now or whenever he's eligible. Um, because, again, Michigan State such a high-caliber program, such a well-respected program. They've never been in trouble for any sort of sanctions or anything like that. Such a clean resume. Um, anywhere he goes is going to be a step down in college. So just, just get out of college basketball. Go pro. College basketball might suffer a little bit from it, okay? But Michigan State will be just fine without him. They, they will win multiple national championships in the coming years. Um, a dynasty is on the rise here for Michigan State, so they'll be totally fine without him. I'm not too worried about the Spartans uh, and the caliber of such a historic program that they are. I just, I just before we go into the next segment, I just want to point out, uh, you know, Ben is one of the three experts on this podcast, but uh, all of that was false. Everything you said there was false. I just want every viewer to understand none of that was true about Michigan State, but, you know, I digress. We're going to move on here. Um, you know, Ben, I have a question for you. What is a sport that we, we sometimes lack talking about on this podcast. Oh, I, I bring it up all the time. America's pastime, the great sport of baseball. For whatever reason, we just don't like to talk about it on this podcast. And I don't I don't argue with it a whole lot because I'm not like I'm an expert or anything, but um, if some of our listeners could hear the behind the scenes of you two trashing baseball, mainly Brandon trashing baseball every once in a while, they might be <laughs> a little bit offended because I do think we uh, we don't do baseball justice on this podcast. Look, I, I've talked on the podcast. I have a lot of issues with baseball, um, but... We're, we're 30 or so games in, a little more than 30, almost 35 games into the season. 
Um, and as I'm not a huge follower of baseball, Ben O'Brien is. So we have decided to, you know, we're going to give the baseball fans what they want. We're going to give some of those fans what they want. Ben, why don't you break down some of your thoughts on the beginning part of this season? It's a long season, too long of a season, um, too long of games. But why don't you break down America's pastime and uh, you know some of the teams you like, some of the games you've liked, how teams are looking. Obviously, it's very, very early. And anything you found interesting, obviously, we've had a lot of no-hitters so far. Um, so just some of your thoughts on, on the MLB. Yeah, of course. And again, I, I'm no expert on baseball, I would say that. But I, I think compared to you two, I'm probably pretty close to an expert because you guys do not follow it as much. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into a, a whole lot of detail here because, again, I don't know everything. But again, first thing I feel like it's, it's easy to talk about, and Brandon, you just mentioned it, is We've had four and a half, I guess you could say, no-hitters this, this year so far. Uh, and I say four and a half because Madison Bumgarner threw a no-hitter, but it was only a seven-inning game, so it technically doesn't count as a no-hitter. Um, but still, we're about 20% of the way through the season, so we're, we're about a fifth of the way through the season. We've had, I guess you could say, four no-hitters so far. Okay, so Brandon, quick math. What does that mean? How many are we on pace to have this year? Well, we got 35 games. We're, we got we're, 160 we're a fifth of the way games. through, Brandon. So if we've, if we've, if we've had four no-hitters so far, what are we on pace for? Uh, that put us on pace for 20. Yes, good job, Brandon. I knew you could do it. So we're on pace for 20 no-hitters this year, which would be not even close to mm-hmm. the record, okay? The record is less than 10 in the season. Um, so we're on pace to just murder that record. And the only re- ex- explanation I think I have for that is just the way baseball is moving and the way offense is moving in baseball is it's all power, okay? There's not as much contact anymore. It's all either you're, you're hitting for a home run, okay? So strikeouts are up way more than they used to be. Home runs are obviously up way more than they used to be. So you see these no-hitters because sometimes teams just don't have it. They're just they're off their game that day, um, and you just get a lot of strikeouts that pile up and not a lot of home runs. And Again, baseball is all power. The analytics say that it's, it's better to try to hit for power than try to hit for contact. Um, that's what the numbers say. That's what teams are moving towards. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why we've seen so many no-hitters and such dominant pitching uh, in baseball this year because of the the analytics and the statistics that say just try to hit home runs. Hit for power. Contact is not as important. Um, so that's the first thing i got to say. The, the only other thing, there's plenty of things I could talk about, but um, I guess I, I, it's kind of two things. But I want to talk about, first, obviously the preseason favorite, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the reigning champions. They signed the Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer last year. Uh, right now they're sitting at 18 and 16. They, they're three and seven in their last 10 games. Obviously they're struggling, and again we're only 20% of the way through the season. Um, so my big thing, if anybody's a Dodgers fan listening, is it's a long season. I think the Dodgers will be just fine. Okay, they have a massive payroll. It might be the biggest in baseball. I don't know. It's up there. Um, they will be. It is. They will be just fine. Okay, again we're only a fifth of the way through the season. There are two games above 500. They will be fine. Okay, they. I mean they're starting pitching. And I just talked about how pitching is is so good this year in baseball. You got Kershaw. You got. Trevor Bauer and you got Walker Buehler, three studs, three aces on pretty much any other team in baseball. Um, so they will be just fine. I'm not worried about them. And the last thing I want to talk about, Brandon, and this this kind of goes against a, a knock against baseball in general because um, as I'm looking at the standings here, the Los Angeles Angels are 14 and 18. All right, they've been bad for a long time, and the reason this is so bad for baseball is because they have the best player in baseball, in Mike Trout, and they for whatever reason they haven't made the he's never made the playoffs in his career. They're under 500 seemingly every year with the best player in baseball. And the leading home run hitter this year in baseball so far in Shohei Otani. So they have two studs. Mm-hmm. They have a dude that can pitch 100 miles per hour and then hit a home run in the same inning. And they also have the best player in baseball. And they are somehow four games under 500. Just bad for baseball as a whole. Not good for baseball. And you got the two most popular players in baseball at the moment are on the same team that is just not performing, not doing well. It's so bad for the sport. So bad for marketing of the sport of baseball, which clearly has had some issues. Baseball is a dying sport. We know this. So... Again, I'm not trying to. I don't want to bash on baseball. There's plenty of good things about it, but I will agree with you, Brendan. There's a lot of issues with baseball, and that is that is one of them for sure. The Los Angeles Angels have to find a way to be relevant in baseball, 
because they have two massive marketing opportunities. One, which is a Japanese player, which in Japan is such a huge opportunity to market in Japan, such a big sport in Japan. Um, and then obviously Mike Trout and the Los Angeles Angels just can't figure it out. They cannot find a way to be relevant in baseball, which as a sport is suffering because of it. So um, just, or again, some of my early takeaways, only 20% of the way through the season. We have so much more to go. It's only May. Plenty of opportunity uh, for a couple of these things to write its ship. But again, um, I'm no expert, but I thought I would shed some light for our listeners who may be baseball fans and, and may be a little upset that we do not do baseball justice on this podcast. Yeah, um, Ben, there's, yeah, did, I wanted to mention ahead, uh, two things. Go for uh, it. Yeah. The first thing I found interesting that you said was about how the analytics says that power is is shown to be very important. And I I think, you know, there, you can kind of relate that to in the NBA, how obviously the three-pointers, the volume yeah. just has increased and increased. And it's like a continuous um, increasing of the volume of three-pointers. And I think it's interesting because so now you're seeing more stri- strikeouts more obviously you know going for home runs obviously i don't i don't know if there necessarily are more home runs do you do you know that off the top of your head like um, i, I will happens, say but. if you compare it to like 10 years ago yeah not even close yeah. by far away more home runs than there were just 10 years ago okay so i just wonder um because in the nba one of the things that i always point out is that yes there are a lot of really good three-point shooters but there also are a lot of players that it's just like they take way more three-pointers than they should. It's just like sometimes that isn't your shot, you know. Sometimes you should be taking more mid-range. Sometimes, you know, the off-the-dribble kind of three-pointer or attacking the basket is much, much more efficient. So I'm wondering if maybe some of these players that maybe could be better, that maybe if they just go for the contact, maybe that might be more of their specialty. I don't know. That's just a thought that I had that maybe they aren't reaching their full potential. Obviously, again, I don't watch a lot of baseball, so maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't as comparable as I'm making it out to be. But I found that interesting. And then also what you were kind of saying with, like, the Angels and Mike Trout, because one of the things that I'm always curious about in baseball is, like, you know, who are the most marketable stars? Like, who are the players that can really draw new fans? And obviously, like, Mike Trout is – probably the first guy I think of because like to me is like a very casual baseball observer he's the he's the number one guy like as far as I know he has this huge contract he's really good I think he has the highest batting average so I'm just wondering are there do you think there are other like marketable stars that maybe are on better teams that we can kind of look to Ben um that can potentially bring in newer more viewers yeah 100 percent and I'll say other than Mike Trout, I think the most marketable person in the moment right now is Fernando Tatis Jr., who happens to be on the Padres, which I mean, like right now are one of the best teams in baseball. They're in one of the best divisions in baseball. So there are definitely other opportunities for marketability, but I just think in the last 10 years or so, Mike Trout's been in the league for, I guess, nine years now. Um, he just had, His team has been terrible, and he just there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunity to, to market him. And we've heard experts say that, I mean, quietly, he's, I mean, he's had one of the best careers we've ever seen. And again, he's only been in the league for nine years. I mean, people are comparing him to some of the greatest baseball players of all time, and casual fans of baseball just don't realize how great this dude is because mm-hmm. he's not on TV enough. Like I'll tell you, my YouTube is full of baseball highlights. I watch baseball highlights on YouTube all the time, and I could—I think I've seen maybe one or two highlights of Mike Trout this year. Okay, it's just for whatever reason, and he's having a good year. I mean, he's batting three eighty eight this year. Okay, he's got eight home runs. He's having a great year, but his team's not doing well, and for whatever reason, he's just not—he doesn't have a great personality. He doesn't have a big personality like Tatis Jr. does, for example. Um, so I do think baseball just struggles to market him, and it, it, people struggle to see how great he's really doing because of those reasons, and obviously that's bad for baseball as a whole. 
Maybe he needs, like, a little more, I, I don't know, like, you know how, like, Aaron Rodgers, like, he'd have, like, the discount double check? Yeah. Because like, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is a very... Gotta get him on State Farm. Yeah, yeah. like, Aaron Rodgers is a very laid-back, like, Aaron Rodgers is the opposite yeah, he's, of outgoing. He's kind of quiet. very quiet, and if Mike oh, Trout, yeah. if you're saying mm-hmm. Mike Trout's like that, I feel like Mike Trout maybe, he should have something that's that's kind of like that. I don't know, like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like I mean, you look at Kawhi Leonard, too. Kawhi Leonard's yeah. the same type of guy who's, who's quiet, but I mean, we've seen him in plenty of different commercials for different things. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, ba- baseball definitely has some issues, but we can get into that and do a separate podcast as we should probably keep on moving along. And you know what? We we have a new type of segment today. We, we're we going back to trivia. We're going to Small Talk Trivia, but Ben is now added into the mix. So, Ben, welcome to Small Talk Trivia. Thank you. Obviously, you know how, of course. Yes. Obviously, you know how this works. Um, for the viewers at home, I have a random order generator here with the three of our names to see who asks who the question so i'm going to run it right now okay i'm going to run it right now and the first person i'm going to be asking trevor a question first and then trevor's going to ask ben and then ben is going to ask me okay sound good gentlemen yeah, perfect. sounds good all right so trevor my my i'm up first with my question you know i, I have a pretty basic question i think you're going to get it I, I have a lot of faith in you today my my question to you with the score zero zero to zero is what player has the most two-point field goals in the NBA this season. And I will give you an extra point if you get within 10 of the number. Now, one other thing I forgot to explain before. You can keep think about the question, Trevor. Go ahead. We will be giving an opportunity to steal for each question. So if Trevor does not get the question right, Ben is going to have the opportunity to steal. And the same with all of us. When, when Trevor asks Ben his question, I have an opportunity to steal if he misses it. And you're going to get half of the points if you get it right. So if someone offers two points and you get both of those questions right, you'll get a full point. But if you, if you're offered just one point and you, you know, someone gets the question wrong, the other person steals it, you only get half a point. Make sense, everyone? Yes. Yes, it does. All right, cool, cool. So Trevor, I'll I'll ask the question to you again while, you know, you're thinking through, going through your process. What NBA player has the most two point field goals in this NBA season? And with, if you can get within 10 of the actual number, you will get an extra point. Okay. So the most the most two point field goals overall. So this is a total mm-hmm. I'm looking for. So obviously I got to take into account the amount of games, and I have to think about the players who have averaged the most in those games. Now, the downside I had last time when we did our competition with me, when we because of the steals, mm-hmm. I gave away my other possible answers, and then you would just use that. Yeah, you can't do that you anymore. Go points. So you can't I, do I that anymore. Really be There's no more of that. I gotta really be careful yeah. with going through the process because I might give Ben a few a free half point if I if yes, I of go too much in depth. So I gotta be careful. Um, there's a few different guys that I can already write off, um, even though they do average a lot of points. I'm not gonna specify those guys, mm-hmm. but they're definitely yeah. are a fair. Trevor, I'll give of, you a clue. Uh, players, that I can... I'll give you a clue. It's it, it's not Anderson Verajao. Okay. That the answer is not Anderson Verajao. Oh, that helps me so much. I, I appreciate that hint. Oh. <laughs> okay, Anderson Virgil, by the way, who just got a 10-day contract with the Cat. Shout out to him. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, okay, so most two-point field goals this season. Um, there's mm-hmm. a certain guy right now that's really sticking out because I know he's played a lot of games and I know he's averaging a lot of points. Um, who is it, Trevor? Go ahead and say it. No, Go ahead and say who it is. No, I'm good. He can't. Uh, <laughs> ben wants all the clues he can get. There's definitely <laughs> uh, there's some other guys, too. But I think, oh man, is it going to be? See, this answer seems a little obvious, though. But I, th- I think it's him. Um, 
let's see. It's not going to be... So I, I already... I'm writing off that guy. Um, yeah, no Anderson. I'm writing off a certain guy that has scored a lot of points. Mm-hmm. I'm writing off those guys. I don't think it's Lou Dort either. Because they haven't played enough games. Um, I'm, between, I'm between two guys. I'm between two guys. Okay. And I'm trying to... You're going to have to guess one of I'm them. I'm trying to think about how many threes this guy took. Um, because that'll... It's not threes, just two-point yeah, no, no, field no, goals. No, I'm trying to, like, subtract. Yeah, I'm trying okay. To subtra- I'm trying to, like, think about how okay. many threes he takes. Um, okay. Um, I'm gonna... Okay, I'm, I'll am go with my gut, because I also think that player right, missed let's a lot of games. I'm, I'm just gonna say, it sounds a little obvious, but I think it's Nikola Jokic. He's played in essentially okay. every game, and he's averaging about 27 points. So I... That's, that's what I'm gonna go with. And that oh, okay. and then okay. the, uh, ben, within you... ten. Also, I get the guess. Yep. Okay, this is for a whole yep. extra point. Uh, or... yes. Okay, so does, so if so if Ben potentially gets it, then is his potential one point? Then is that where we're gonna go with? Like if he like say um Ben Ben if I miss, but hopefully I don't miss. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So total, and I can go within ten. So two point field goals. Per game, okay, so Nikola Jokic, if that's my submission, he's played about 66 games, and he's probably made about, like, eight two-pointers per game, I'm going to say. Eight, eight two-pointers would be 60, maybe nine even. So if I just say eight, and then eight times 60, oh man, mental math. Um, well, eight times 100 is 800, <laughs> um, so we'll go less than that. Um, I'm going to say... I don't know. I'll say that, uh, I'll say 570, two-point field goals. Okay, 570, final answer? Yes. All right, both of those would be incorrect. Ben, you have a chance to steal the question. All right, here's what I'm going to say is, I don't like that this is an NBA question because my viewing of the NBA this year has been embarrassingly low compared to other years to my standards. Um, so this is a tough okay. one for me, and again, I... I had two dudes that I was thought of, and Trevor kept going like, oh, that, that person's too obvious. I don't want to guess them. And I'm like, oh, shoot, because both of mine are super obvious. Um, so mm-hmm. the two people I thought of was – I wanted to think – and Trevor was on the right track. I wanted to think of somebody that um, didn't necessarily shoot a lot of threes. So, like, obviously, I, the first one I thought of was Joel Embiid, but I feel like he's missed a lot of games. So I, I didn't want to go with Joel Embiid. So the only other person I could think of that – He has missed that, a lot. That scores a lot, has played, I would assume, most games that, that his team has played this year um, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. So i got to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Again, super obvious answer. It shows probably how much I've watched the NBA this year. Um, in terms of the number, oh, geez. I'll go – Trevor, what'd you guess? Like five-something? Five-seventy. Okay, I'll guess 493. That's my guess. Okay. Both of those are incorrect. So you guys really weren't that close to the so person. I don't know. Trevor, who was the other person you were thinking of? Beal was my second guess. Beal? Ben, did you have anyone else you were thinking of? No. I had no, I had no, no Be- clue. Beal is also not correct. The correct answer is Zion Williamson, oh, 624. Duh. I feel like we could have guessed Two-point field goals. He's attempted 1,003. Wow. According what? to this, many, which is a 600 lot. 600 and what? 624. Okay. okay. So it wasn't too far so, off on the in, Interesting there. question today. Um, Trevor, I believe you are next, and it is your turn to ask Ben a question. All right, Ben. So mine is also NBA-related. Um, oh, so we'll, okay. see, we'll see you know, how you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, Russell Westbrook, he just tied Oscar Robertson uh, for the most triple-doubles all-time with 181. So they are they're tied for first. My question yes. is... 
Who has the third most triple doubles all time? So the answer will be a player. Yes. Um, and what was the number for Oscar Robertson and, and Russell Westbrook? How many is it? It's like 181. Okay, so you're asking for number three overall. Funny thing is, Trevor, I'm pretty sure I just saw this yesterday, so I believe oh. I know the answer. I believe my answer is Magic Johnson, and I think it's like 132, right around there. That's my final guess. Um, well, you would be correct, because okay, uh, the sweet. answer is Magic Johnson. You know, I got I to gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta start to stray away from these questions that <laughs> are very relevant because they sometimes will show these stats, and uh, that's how so, I get points away. I think. Trevor, you know what's interesting? I was gonna ask the same exact question. I'm not kidding you. I was gonna ask the exact same are question. You really? And I knew, so I knew the answer too. So if I if I had the opportunity to steal, I would have gotten that one. Okay. Well, so you, I was gonna ask the exact same question. So so this I don't think this has ever happened. So you need a new question now, correct? No, no, I just asked you a question. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. yeah, oh, duh. Oh, you were, yeah, yeah. that was one of the questions you were thinking of. Okay. That's what I was originally going to ask, but I was like, eh, it seems like a little bit too easy. I think everyone knows it's Magic Johnson. I was like, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben gets um, our first point. Yes. Ben, hey, Ben, you, you're, you're the first one on the board. It's one to zero to, to zero right now, so yeah. you, this will be the only time you're winning. Yeah. All right, and shout out to you, Trevor, uh, for giving me that question because I don't go on Twitter very often, but I, I happened to see that like yesterday on Twitter. So shout uh-huh. out to you because I probably right. I don't think I would have guessed Magic if I uh, if I didn't see that. So thanks thanks a lot, Trevor. I appreciate the layup for me. Uh, <laughs> okay, Brandon. All right, Ben. So my question Final is question for you, today. and I was kind of hoping I would get to ask Trevor a question because it's an NFL draft question, and I feel like you're pretty good at these. Um, it's okay. kind of an NFL draft draft question, kind of just an NFL question in general. Um, and I was hoping Trevor would get it because I feel like you might get this one right. But here's my question. Okay. Okay. Who is the most recent number one overall pick to win Rookie of the Year? And I'm not counting Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray won it two years ago. He was 2019 first overall pick, won it, Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2019. So that's too easy. I'm not counting that. So go back further than that. Other than Kyler Murray, who is the most recent number one overall pick in the NFL to win Rookie of the Year in their rookie season? Well, duh, Rookie of the Year in their first uh, season. That's, that's a great question. Um, and I, I really got to think about it. I I don't I don't know honestly, um, number one overall pick to win rookie of the year. Yes, other than Kyler Murray, that one, I felt like that one was too easy. So I want to go back further than that. Number one overall picks. All right, so let me let me go through the history books. You know, because honestly, I I I don't know. You know, I I feel like so Kyler Murray is the most recent winner. You're saying. Yes, that is correct. Um, and I, if I'm going back through and remembering, we've we've had a string of quarterbacks that have been very good. I know we've had that 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 were number one picks. I know we've had Winston, we've had Goff. Baker is not in that category. We've had Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. Bradford, I believe Bradford won. It's a question of those guys in front of him won. So is this rookie of the year? Yes, rookie of the year. Not offensive rookie of the year. Well, it could be either one. If it's a defensive player, it could be defensive player of the year, but either one. Gotcha. Okay, I'm fairly confident Cam Newton won and Bradford won. And Newton was after him, if I'm remembering correctly. Right, Ben, you want to give me that? Was Newton after him? I don't know, man. You're, you're, you're the NFL draft guy. I don't know. I can't help you out there. I'm, I'd am i put it 80% confident that it is Cam Newton. 
Is that your final answer? answer? I don't Mm -hmm. believe... What? I was going to say, is that your final answer? Are you still gone? Oh, I thought you said that was the right answer. No, no, no. I'm asking if that was your final answer. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I don't think anyone else... I don't remember Luck winning. I don't think Luck won, if I remember correctly. Now, my memory is not the best, so it's failed me before. But I'll go with Cam Newton. It's my gut. I, I'm pretty sure him and Bradford won, but I think Newton was after Bradford. So I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Okay, final, final answer, answer, Cam Newton. Brandon, you are correct. Cam Newton in 2011. Ooh. You were also correct with Sam Bradford in go. 2010. Both of them back-to-back years won Rookie of the Year. But Cam Newton, other than Kyler Murray, is the most recent number one overall pick to win Rookie of the Year. So good job, Brandon. It's kind of crazy to think about that he's the most recent one. Well, I guess we have some defensive guys in there, but most of them are offensive guys. Yeah, and, and we, like I mean, some of the dudes like, like Dak Prescott won it one year, Gurley won it one year, Odell won it one year. Just I mean, some players that that um, are good but just weren't the number one overall pick. One right, Justin Jefferson was last year. Hmm. Yeah, no, we we've had yeah, you're 100 percent right. All right, we will exit small talk today with a score of one one to zero. A uh, great first round, Ben. Um, you're, it was nice for you to <laughs> be in first run. place for yeah. 35 seconds or whatever. You had a good run. Um, Trevor, you're you're in your normal spot <laughs> behind me, so you know. Sorry to hear that, but um, let's move on. We got a lot of NBA topics, Trevor. I know you're excited to talk about the NBA. I, I'm, we've had a lot of great games. Even history made this past week, and we'll start right away with that history. Russell Westbrook has tied Oscar Robertson's record. Obviously, we just talked about this in trivia uh, for the most triple doubles at what 181 or 180? 181. 181. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, Trevor, some of your thoughts on this. Um, and, you know, plentiful amount of other NBA topics. Yeah, so we'll start with this one. Obviously, we, you know, we talked about Russell Westbrook tying Oscar Robertson 181 uh, in their game last night, which was a was very close game. It went to overtime. The Wizards did beat the Pacers 133-32. And this was a big game for the Wizards and the Pacers both because they're, you know, they're both probably projected to be in this play-in. Um, and now the Wizards have actually passed the Pacers in record. So now the Wizards are the 9 seed, the Pacers are the 8 I guess in theory they were probably both in some order going to be the nine ten, but you know just good uh, for the Wizards that they've been playing so well recently. And also Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook had a good game overall in this one, thirty three points, uh, nineteen rebounds, fifteen assists, and he had the game winning block um, on a on a shot that Karis LeVert was going to take um, at the buzzer in overtime. So big game for Westbrook. Beal also, you know, as we kind of look at uh, this scoring title race, Beal had fifty points in this one. So you know, Steph last night also. You know, he had I think forty nine. Mm-hmm. So they're really they're really neck and neck here. Steph still with the lead, but it's going to be interesting to see with the scoring title in the last few games. Uh, the next thing I wanted to mention was just kind of you know Anthony Edwards in this Rookie of the Year race here. That to me at least, it, it seems like it's pretty clear that he's going to be the winner. Um, he scored forty two in a game uh, earlier this week. Is pretty crazy because. Uh, Anthony Edwards with that 42-point game is only the he is the third youngest player to score 40. Um, the only players that were younger were LeBron James and uh, Kevin Durant. So big, uh, definitely huge game for Anthony Edwards. He was very efficient in that game as well. Um, it seems like he's been playing a lot better recently. And just watching those highlights of that game, you know, he had like like a Euro step where it's like, oh, it kind of looks like Dwayne Wade. And then he's like driving past people looking like Russell Westbrook with like a reverse layup. He's hitting threes. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, if he, if Anthony Edwards can truly get like a consistent three point jumper that he's efficient on, he could become unstoppable. Like he's already very athletic. He's a big guard. He's like six, four, six, right. five. 
you know, two, I think he's like, I don't know, 210 or something like that. So he could really become mm-hmm. such an unstoppable player. Um, but I guess with that being said, uh, you know, Brennan, I, I want to hear some of your thoughts about uh, Anthony Edwards and just this rookie of the year race in general, because obviously LaMelo had a great year, but he's missed a lot of games. Even like Tyrese Halliburton's been pretty good as well. But uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, there's there's a couple things I wanted to talk about with Anthony Edwards. First of all, the man needs his own reality show. I mean, he's just a hysterical kid, so fun, like, in interviews. Uh, he seems like just such a nice guy. Um, obviously, that's off-the-court stuff. But on the court, you know, this past the past 10 games, he's averaging five and a half more points. Um, he's shooting better from the field, shooting better from three, averaging uh, 50, almost 50% field goal percentage, 37 from three. He's averaging two more rebounds, another assist. Um, you know, more steals, more blocks. He's he's just been better, and I think he's becoming in more of his truer form. Um, and I one hundred percent agree. I think he'll end up winning, uh, the the rookie of the year award. I loved Anthony Edwards in college, and I love him now. And I I think he's gonna be a great player for years to come. Ben, any any thoughts on Anthony Edwards or Russell Westbrook's record? Um, just real quick on Anthony Edwards. I mean, this rookie of the year conversation. I just feel like he doesn't really have a whole lot of competition at the moment. I mean, James Wiseman isn't having a bad year. I'm not saying James Wiseman is a bust or anything. He's not having a bad year, but I, Anthony Edwards is clearly having a better year. Um, if Lamelo Ball didn't get hurt, I think this would be a different conversation. I think Lamelo Ball would definitely have a case for rookie of the year. Uh, and after that, I mean, I just think nobody really stands out. I mean, Isaac Okora on the Cavs. Nobody on the Cavs deserves any sort of award this year, so that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> obviously, my boy Obi, like, he averages, like, four points a game because he's behind somebody that's having the best career, or the best year of their career, so it's whatever. So, I mean, Anthony Edwards is great. I'm not saying he's not good, but I'm saying I just don't think he has a whole lot of competition at the moment. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of other people that are standing out at the moment. Obviously, LaMelo Ball was, but he got hurt. He's out for the season. Um, so, Anthony Edwards definitely deserves the award. Um at this point in the year, just because I just think nobody else is really really is going to grab it from him. I think Anthony Edwards, Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards clearly right. has a, a strong grip on it. I don't think anybody's going to take it from him anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So the next guy I want to talk about, also a young player, um, very coming out of high school, very highly recruited in our class, 2016 class, and that is Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, as we know, you know, coming into college, obviously he had that bad injury, didn't get to play um, at Missouri really all that much. Um, and then, obviously, as he got in the NBA, he was drafted later. His draft stock fell because of the injuries. And then, you know, he the injuries just kept continuing. And we it's like, man, if, if Michael Porter Jr. can just get healthy and he can get in some reps, he has so much potential because he's about, like, 6'10". Not sure how much he weighs, but just there's so much potential there because he's a really good shooter um, with his height, you know, obviously a good rebounder good playmaker defense um he's gotten better you know defense i guess would be more of his weakness but he's definitely improved in that area as well but just like what he's done recently um in this latest game against the nets he had 28 points four rebounds and it's just been awesome because kind of how i mentioned a couple weeks ago or whenever it was about how you know Jokic is the clear mvp looking at how without jamal murray they're like I think at the time it was five and one without Murray. Now it's like I don't know ten and two or eleven and two or something like that. They've just been awesome with Jamal Murray, and that second guy that they've kind of needed to step up and help Jokic, and they're going to need in the playoffs. It's got to be Michael Porter Jr. He's the next guy, and um, this season he's been averaging about nineteen point seven rebounds um, with a about a twenty one player efficiency rating, and that's all increased if you just look at like the last ten games. In the last ten games. Michael Porter Jr.'s averaged 27 points per game, six rebounds, about 56% shooting, 
and 49% from three. He's also very good at the free throw shooter, 84%. So Michael Porter Jr., I mean, it, the li- there, there are no limits to how good Michael Porter Jr. can be, especially offensively, defensively. Again, young player still working on stuff, but he's getting better. He has the potential there. He can become a good shot blocker. And it's just going to be fun to see him grow because I truly think that, you know, he's going to be a superstar in this league in a few years. Um, but but I want to get yeah. some of your guys' yeah. thoughts as well, Ben. What do you think about this? What do you think about Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, and I mean, like he's a guy, again, like coming out of high school, I remember there was a bunch of hype around him. Again, he sat out most of his college career, which I remember it being a big deal because of how good he was. And he gets drafted, like, you know, middle of the first round. Um, and I remember going, like, I don't know if this dude's going to pan out. His injuries have been an issue. And like you said, Trevor, with – I mean, he's playing more minutes this year than he has in his career. So with more opportunity with, with people on his team hurt, he's thriving. And that's really all you can ask of somebody like that, right? Like, you, you get more opportunity, hopefully you have better production. And he, clearly he's having better production. Like you said, Trevor, I mean, he's a he's average, he averages like 14 and a half for his career, and it's up to 19 this year. So um, clearly he's having the best year of his career, uh, his young career at the moment. But I agree with you, Trevor. I have no reason uh, not to believe that he's going to be a really, really good player in this league, um, an all-star in this league. And he's, he's an easy guy to root for. He's fun to root for. He's extremely fun to watch. The style of basketball is awesome to watch. Um, so, I mean, good for the Nuggets. Obviously, when they drafted him, he was kind of a question mark. They knew that he, he had the caliber to be a player like this. Um, but shout out to the Nuggets. They have a really, really good player. And obviously, um, they've had injury issues. And there's still a lot of questions around the Nuggets. But I'm happy to see Michael Porter Jr., um, playing as well as he as he does on a team like the Nuggets, which are not – I mean, the Nuggets are an easy team to root for. There's nobody on the team that um, really deserves any hate. Like, they're a fun team to root for. They were good last year. So it's it's a really cool story to see Michael Porter Jr. and what he's doing this year on the Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I fully agree. Um, just I'll just say one quick thing on MPJ. Um, I, I loved him in, in high school. I liked him in college for the little we saw. And I think, Trevor, you put it the right way. There, there's really no – I don't know what the ceiling is. I don't think really anyone does. I mean, we haven't really seen him play as much as he's playing right now for three, four years. So we really, really don't know. Uh, Trevor, any any final little NBA things before we kind of get on some games that you, you've liked? Yeah, so I guess just quickly to mention kind of obviously injuries have been a big uh, – an unfortunate theme of this season. Yep, obviously, huge. you know, just to give a quick update, LeBron, you know, obviously last Sunday when we last talked, you know, he was supposed to return. He did return and then kind of tweaked, I think, the ankle a little bit again. So he has missed the last two games against the Clippers and Blazers. He is supposed to return, I think, maybe Tuesday – either Tuesday or Wednesday. So hopefully – he can return, but it's, you know, and, and we'll keep talking about the situation as we talk about, like, the contenders, but it's going to be interesting here because it's there's a lot of unknowns uh, with that. We also have James Harden, another unknown. Mm-hmm. He's, he has said that he's confident he's going to return this week. Uh, we have Zion, who seems like he, he's had injured his finger. Uh, I think he's out for the season, which means that the Pelicans likely are now out of, uh, you know, competition for the play-in. And then Donovan Mitchell as well, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be out for another week. That's big. Uh, big loss for the Jazz, but they will get him back. Um, it's just a matter of exactly when. That's definitely something that you know Jazz fans should at least be a little concerned about. Um, so mm-hmm. with that being said, we can get into a couple of these games that I just wanted to look at quickly. Uh, we have the Bucks against the Nets. They played twice earlier this week. I think the first one was Sunday. The next one was, I want to say, Tuesday. And um, the Bucks won both of them. Now, yes, like I just mentioned, the Nets did not have James Harden. However, um, you know, with with these players not being all together, I mean, James Harden, Deborah Durant, and Kyrie, they've only played seven games together this year. You know, you got to be concerned about that, and you got to be 
even though the Nets on paper, it's like, yes, when these players are all together, it's like they should win the East. Maybe you could say they should be the favorites to, to win it all potentially, but we haven't seen them together. So there's always like that. We don't really know. And that's kind of the theme to me is these playoffs. There's so much unpredictability, right? And the, the Bucks, I got to say, they did look really good. Giannis has been incredible. Obviously, you know, with getting Holiday, that move, I think, is definitely net positive. Is it enough to win the title? I don't know. We're going to find out um, because the Bucks, as good as they have been the regular season the past couple years, it hasn't come through in the playoffs. You know, they haven't really had that mm-hmm. go-to guy where when it gets in the last two, three minutes of the game, you can give the ball to Giannis. You know, he's not that great of a shooter. Right. His, you know, his playmaking needs to improve um so maybe holiday can be a little bit of that guy obviously chris middleton in certain situations could be that guy but it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see i think they're definitely better they have a better chance at getting at winning the east but it's hard to say whether they will so that's the you know one games i gotta mention the bucks are looking good but we gotta see the playoffs the next one is the blazers beating the lakers 106 101 um now the blazers did win this game uh obviously with lebron out but I got to mention one good thing for the Lakers, and I think it was—I um, want to say it was Jalen Rose that mentioned this post-game um, on, on ESPN the other night after the game. Was that the one good thing is that Anthony, or I mean, yeah, Anthony Davis looked really good in this game. Um, I think he had like 38 points. Um, he was just on the boards. He was just kind of dominating. I mean, the Blazers—we know that they have some issues defensively, and also just like defensive rebounding-wise, the Blazers have issues. But mm-hmm. Anthony Davis was on the boards, kind of just getting every single rebound that was huge even though they couldn't win the game um so that's just a good thing with the lakers however you look at a guy like kyle kuzma who really hasn't been i think what many fans would want he was just very inefficient there was a late three he had that he could have had a big shot he missed it it wasn't even really close clinked off front uh i think the the right side of the rim and then dennis schroeder's been out because of the health and safety protocols and he's supposed to be a big part of this team too he's supposed to be their you know their third guy and he's been out so Definitely right. some concerns with the Lakers. Um, and then just the last game, the Nets being the Nuggets uh, last night. Very interesting game. Couple couple calls that were a little controversial. Jokic had one where it's you know he was complaining about it getting fouled. Which by the way, I have to say, you know, and I think I, t- I tweeted this on Twitter this morning. Um, the officials they make a lot of bad calls. It's it's it happens, right? But at the same time, I feel like it's part of the game. Yeah, it, it happens. Part of the game. But these players. It, you know the complaining. I feel like it's it's a little too much. I feel like it needs to calm down. We've seen Luca kind of talk about like because he com- he complains a lot and he's talked about yeah I need to check my emotions. We saw Jokic doing it. We've seen LeBron do it. He's got a lot um, of texts. You know, obviously a, a lot of other players as well. So just you know some things I wanted to mention. Um, but that's that's it for the games. Um, so so I, I guess I wanted to hear from you now, Brandon, about like all of the things I've said. What, where are your feelings kind of as we get into the playoffs here? Um, what do you think about the Lakers' chances? And then is there any team maybe that uh, – obviously we've, we've mentioned the Suns, how they're under radar. But, like, wh- what do you think about, like, the playoffs and how they're shaping out? Do you think there is a clear favorite? Because I, I do not, but I, I wanted to hear from you. No, I, I actually 100% agree. I don't at all think there's a clear favorite. You know, my dad was just telling me how he did a draft where – uh, with a couple of friends where all they got to do is pick the team that wins. And it's 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 much harder than it seems. I mean, even last year, you would think if everyone was at full strength, the Lakers might have the slight edge, right? You know, that, that maybe. Yeah. But even last year, you know, the Heat were a, a very valid and good opponent. 
Um, and the Lakers definitely did not have an easy route, you know, in terms of winning. You know, they, they, they played some, some good teams, and the, the Heat were a hard team to play. And I think this year even more so because we have so many injuries. Guys just are not in the their, their right shape to be playing um, after, you know, not a, enough time off in between seasons. I think it's going to come down to a couple teams and who is the most healthy. If, this, if the Lakers are healthy, LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing, it's, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to lose. But the Nets, if they have all three of those guys healthy, which we've only seen for a little bit, I, maybe the chemistry's not fully there, but they, they have a good chance. Um, you know, the Suns have been nuts this year. Chris Paul is one of the most underrated players ever, in my opinion. We have a lot of good teams this year that have the capacity and the ability to win. And I, honestly, I'm super excited for the playoffs. It's, it, it's going to be fun. I, I like when we have a period of time where it is tough to know the winner. And that's what, in my opinion, makes the NFL so good. I, I don't think most people would have bet that the Bucks were going to win. The Buccaneers would win at the beginning of the playoffs. They probably weren't favored to win. Um, they probably weren't even favored to make the Super Bowl, much less win. And they did. And I think, you know, that's a great part about the, the NFL, where I think we're, we're seeing that in the NBA this year, where I, I genuinely don't know. I don't know what we're going to get. And it's going to be fun uh, to watch. Ben, final thoughts on this, and Trevor, I'll throw it back to you after before we kind of add the pod for today. Yeah, no, again, I mean, the 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 fact that it's not predictable makes it so much more intriguing because, like you said, Brandon, yeah, I way mean— Way more fun. For the, it seems like seemingly for years and years and years now it's been, you know, I mean, for four or five years in a row it was, okay, the Cavs and the Warriors, and then, you know, it was um, the Warriors still for a while, and then last year it was, I mean, who was going to beat the Lakers. Um, so, I mean, this year, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea. Like, I could, I could, you know, come up here and say, yeah, the 76ers got the best record in the East. They're looking pretty good. They got Doc Rivers, sure. But I have my doubts about the 76ers, especially if they have to play a healthy Nets team. Like, who knows if, if they can get past the Nets in the Eastern Conference. Right. Uh, and again, the Western Conference is a mess right now because the Suns, the Suns are, are fantastic, but, I mean, it's not like they're blowing everybody out like they're a great team, but there's still other good teams. The Clippers are still a great team. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we haven't heard a lot about the Clippers this year, but they're still a good team. They still have Kawhi Leonard, who's amazing. Um, if the Lakers can somehow get Anthony Davis and LeBron both healthy, I mean, it, it's, it's impossible to say that that uh, they're not, they don't have a chance. I mean, I don't think they'd have a chance if, if both of them aren't healthy, but if they're both healthy, I mean, the Lakers obviously have a chance. Um, the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz, are, they still have the best record in, in the Western Conference. They still have the best record in basketball. So, again, um, I, I have no idea. And part of it might just be because I haven't watched a whole lot of basketball, but part of it is because there's just no dominant team at the moment. Again, there's good teams, but there's good teams every year. Um, there's just no, like, surefire dominant team that I would put a bunch of money on. I, do, I just have I have no confidence in every team. Every team on here, um, I can give a reason why they could win, and I can give a reason why they, they won't win. So... Um, I have no idea. I'm so, it makes it so exciting. And again, I love the NBA playoffs. I love, I love, um, I love baseball playoffs too because I love series. Obviously, the NFL playoffs are great, but it's one game. I like the NBA playoffs because I like the series. I like to see how teams do after the first game they lose, after the second game they lose. I like to see how teams adjust throughout a series of games against the same team. So, especially with this year and teams being uh, seemingly having all these question marks, I cannot wait for the NBA playoffs. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks and a lot of drama. Um, and I do think it's going to be great for the NBA and great for your, for uh, entertainment as a whole. Mm-hmm. Trevor, final final word for the pod today. Yeah, and I think just with like the contenders, um, because I've been 
basically for me, uh, the big, the best two teams, if fully healthy, are the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. That's how it's been all year. That's what I thought preseason. Um, even before James Harden got there, I was, or actually not necessarily, but when James Harden got there, I was, it was really locked in. Like it's the Nets, it's the Lakers. It's going to be one of those teams. However, those are the teams that have really had probably the, maybe the most injury problems just because it's, it's been to their yeah. star players. Um, so with mm-hmm. that, with those teams kind of falling down and the Lakers, by the way, who now with their loss to Portland, they're actually in the seventh seed, um, which I mean, they're a game and a half back, which <laughs> if they have to play another game potentially against the Warriors, which by the way, that'd be a great playing game, uh, seeing the Lakers and Warriors in that seven, eight fighting for the seventh seed. Um, but it's just, if they have to, so they would have to play another game. It's just. It's making it more difficult for me to hold on to the Lakers winning the championship. I'm still trying, but it's like if they're really going to be the seven seed, we're unsure about LeBron. It's hard to really know like how healthy he's going to be. It's like I don't know. Should I just rely on the safer option, like maybe Philly, um, who seems relatively safe, or maybe even Phoenix? I mean, they've been pretty healthy. They seem kind of safe. It's just hard to really know. I think it's going to be one of the most, or as it sits right now, it's one of the most unpredictable um, playoff pictures we had, and I, I can't mm-hmm. remember how long. So it's going to right. be uh, very intriguing to see what matchups we get because I think the matchups will be, uh, you know, very dependent as well. Like if we get Phoenix and Lakers in the first round, like you can argue that those are the two best teams in the West, the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers, and they might play in that two seven series, which would be crazy and i think the lakers are a bad matchup for phoenix so even though i really like phoenix um you know they've had some issues like in their front court Aiton, yes he's really good he's talented but i think davis would give him a ton of problems and that might be a series where i i think the lakers would win however if if they can avoid the lakers maybe the lakers play the clippers maybe the clippers can take out the lakers for the suns and then maybe the suns can go to the finals so there's just so many interesting scenarios i think and it's going to be fun to see uh what matchups we get. Hundred percent. I I agree with both of you guys. It's gonna be great. Uh the, the NBA finals and playoffs will be just wonderful. But I think we'll end the podcast here for today. Uh, appreciate all the support you guys have given us. Of course follow us on Twitter, the link is in the description or go to Twitter and look up at the small baller. You'll find us. Follow us. We tweet all of our podcasts that go live. This week we'll have another episode from Josh and Will on the twelfth row podcast. Don't miss that one. They they have fabulous analysts on soccer. Um, and they do a really, really great podcast. Of course, subscribe here. Leave that five-star review if you enjoyed. Um, with that being said, thank you all so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.